Hello, welcome to Cold Pizza. My name is Rusty. I'm a pastor here at Christ the Lord Church in Dayton, Ohio, and this is our weekly podcast where we take the opportunity to squeeze out every last bit we can from the proclamation of God's Word on Sundays. It's our chance to sit down with the preacher and tackle any further questions, applications, or other bits of leftover crust to chew on that didn't make it into the main meal. So, grab a slice and join us this week with Pastor Matt. What's up, guys? Maybe for the last time for a little bit. <laughs> Might be. Maybe we'll see. This is Baby Watch 2023 on cold pizza. <laughs> Baby number six. <laughs> <laughs> so, in order uh, to get you home, uh, <laughs> because <laughs> things are happening soon-ish. Um, no, don't go fill people up. People are going to hear you say that, and they're going to think like, yeah, that's true. Like labor is happening now, or it's that Sarah's not, in labor, and I'm here over here, like, ooh, I got to finish this before. I- it's, it's the it's the <laughs> baby number six nesting that needs to happen. I, I was sitting there in the, uh, um, yeah, so we do got, got a little bit of that nesting stuff left to finish, but <clears throat> I was sitting in uh, the pew um, before going up to preach, just next to my wife. And I was envisioning how it would go down if she went into labor mm-hmm. uh, while I was preaching. Yeah, I and, wouldn't know, even though she's behind me. Yeah. <laughs> and so apparently my response to my wife going into labor potentially while I'm preaching was just to preach 75 minutes. Those you go longer. <laughs> Anytime's good, baby. Yeah. <laughs> but I was thinking, how would, like, uh, you know, could I tell her to give me five more minutes? <laughs> could well, I? Well, could I <laughs> you just, you're timing it on your timer up there, like how long her contractions are? <laughs> <laughs> oh man i have plenty of times where it's been uh all right hit the lap button mm-hmm. all right hit the lap button all right hit the lap button <laughs> to, to the last like time or two you know there is no lap button it's just get to the hospital well it would have been extra funny yesterday with all your extra like your sub points underneath those main headers <laughs> I did. I mean, each... start speeding those up. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did do that, uh, yeah. regardless. But uh, and I was, I told Sarah that I was trying to find an out. Um, I mean, when I recognized that I was going to go long, and I made that made the comment from the pulpit, um, I was looking for an out, but they're just like a place to land the plane, mm-hmm. um, and then come back and finish it up next week. But they're just really. Uh, I just felt in the moment there was no good good spot for me to do that because I wanted to get to, like, I wanted to get to the um, uh, the bastard comment, and I'm not just using that word to to be uh, incendiary. I I'm using that word because it's it's provocative. It's also biblical. That's you know, a, there's good that King James version. <laughs> uh, it's it's also biblical, uh-huh. but um, because I think. Like I said yesterday, I think there are people in our midst that fit that, mm-hmm. uh, fit the category. Um, yeah, so, question. anyways, yeah, there you go. Well, so your sermon was God's discipline. It was from Hebrews twelve four through thirteen, um, and so in light of that, you got a, a question this week, right? Yeah. So, when you want to go ahead and take us into that. Yeah. Says, hey, Pastor Matt, I got a question for you that might be good for cold pizza this week. We'll be the judge of that. <laughs> Um, I already told this person that I thought it was a great question. So, okay. um, uh, I mean, you can differ with that, but he, <laughs> he, uh, has my opinion already, um, uh, or my assessment, uh, it says, how do we identify God's discipline? Now in the nature of this particular person, um, there's a paragraph that follows the question here, yep. uh, which I applaud him for. It's just funny because it fits him to the T. I want to put into practice what you preach today, but it's hard to do that when I don't know what's discipline and what's just general suffering. For example, 
Is God's discipline always associated with sin that is known, whether explicitly or implicitly? Or can it be manifest in general suffering? Example, doing home repairs and you find you have to do uh, reduce some work because it wasn't uh, right the first time. Just to clarify, this question is not for me. <laughs> <laughs> Nor did I write this question. <laughs> Although, although <laughs> I've done that many times, yeah, uh, man, or maybe more drastic but straightforward and exemplary, lightning strikes your house and it burns to the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, so thinking of things like that, just sometimes find it hard for me to seek or know God's discipline. Um, so I think the way that I would answer this question is, um. And I'm not willing to write a book on this, nor go to the grave on this statement, but I think that all suffering, whether caused by sin explicitly or implicitly, or just failure to do a home repair correctly, I'm willing to say that we should view that all as the Lord's discipline. Mm-hmm. Um, now, that's why um, I kind of belabored yesterday, or at least I tried to belabor, the idea that we need a more broad view of discipline. Mm-hmm. And we need to not think of discipline as just, I did this overt or this explicit or obvious sin whether internal or external, and God is now giving me the pain of consequences to discipline me to further sanctification. I 100% believe God does that, 100%. Um, But I think when it comes to discipline from the Lord, we need to think of it more broadly. Um. And meaning we need to in, include more situations than just the one that I just described. I talked to a, another person um, since the sermon that I think the way I articulated it with this person I think might be helpful in this conversation is in the situation where you sinned, your sin is clearly coming from an impure faith. So that's obvious. I mean, if you understand fruit to root, um, <laughs> then then that's obvious. What I think is less obvious to us is that even when we are sinned against, we still have impure faith. Mm-hmm. So in a sense, we're still in that situation with a measure of sinfulness. And that sinfulness... God is loving to discipline us for that. Mm -hmm. Now, our lack of faith or our impure faith in the moments where we are sinned against may be completely unrelated to the sin that's happening against us. Oh, yeah. I I would argue generally is. And and yeah, I I think so. But so I think of it kind of like... um, you know, I, I alluded to, and I even explicitly talked about a couple years ago, where 
Um, you know, I'm being attacked, and in this way, I'm being sinned against, like, very directly. So, uh, another subcategory here would be, like, well, I could be sinned against in different ways. It could be, like, someone attacking me physically. It could be them uh, attacking me mentally or spiritually or emotionally. Or, or in, the, in the case of our question asker, the person doesn't know how to use a square. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or they're just doing something, you know, they made a poor work decision, so they lost their job and now they can't, uh, tithe. And, and now I'm because of their sinfulness at their workplace. Now it affects my paycheck. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, regardless of, of what that sin that has impacted me, it's akin to, um, uh, I would liken it to when I, spank my son because he was disrespectful to his mother and my wife and ultimately my authority that's been delegated to my wife to be expressed to my child, to our child. That spanking is artificial. Like it, it really has nothing to do with the actual um, sin that was committed. Mm. The natural consequence of that child's sin is now a broken relationship with his mother. Mm -hmm. That's the natural consequence. The artificial consequence is the spanking. But the problem is, is that it's hard for that child to see the natural consequence. Uh, a, sometimes because of age, sometimes because it just needs length of time or... Um, you know, various reasons. Well, it's similar. Like when we sin, um, I'm sorry, let me back up. When it, when they're sin, when we are sinned against, mm -hmm. just like that child, it's, it's a lot of times it's an artificial consequence that is not, and, and I know this, this parallel doesn't hold true all the way through, but when I spank my child, I'm getting his attention so that I can instruct him on the actual consequence of the of his sin. So so I think when when we because we have impure faith that needs disciplined out of us then the Lord uses the sin of someone else to get our attention to to gain a hearing to soften us to make us aware of him. Yeah. And it could be, man, I screwed up on on the way I built that wall or I did that, and now God has my attention. Mm -hmm. Or it could be someone slandered me, and now God's got my attention. Or it could be, you know, a spouse made a terrible decision and sinned against me. Now God has my attention. So it's it's similar in that, um, in that the Lord is using that to get my attention. Mm-hmm. It's dissimilar to the spanking of the child in that I don't like I didn't necessarily deserve the sin that was committed against me, right? Mm -hmm. As where my child deserved the consequence of the spanking, mm -hmm. um, but it's similar in that uh, I know I already said this, but to restate it, it's similar in that it's getting my attention. So I think the Lord uses those situations to gain our attention. So that he can use that as discipline and instruction in the matters of impurity in our faith that will likely be completely unrelated mm -hmm. to this. So the example I gave, I'm being attacked as being a, a bully or being a domineering or dismissive. 
um, you know, those kind of things. But the Lord used that time to soften my heart to him and get my attention so that he can instruct me on how to be a better father and a better husband. And, and man, I, I wasn't being attacked in those ways. I, there was no one questioning my fatherhood or, I mean, and other than, other than one person saying is, you know, asking if I was abusive to Sarah, you know, other than that stupid question, there was nothing that was related to that realm. Mm-hmm. But that was, that was the impact impurity in my own life that I need to discipline for the, uh, for the time. So, mm-hmm. so my, my answer to the question is, well, I'm going to go ahead and keep going. And then, cause you can summarize it with us. I think for the remainder of the elders who were def- defending you at that point, like I love you, but technically at the end of the day, I don't have a dog in that fight. Right. Yeah. I get brought into that and suffer in, in those ways to, to fight a battle that shouldn't even have even been, you know, brought to words from anybody yeah right? i mean it is completely out of order but beyond that the rest of the elders are having to step up and, and do this uh handle this issue and be disciplined and suffer in a different way for something that wasn't even on our plate technically you know yeah yeah so yeah it wasn't directed at you i mean exactly. i mean i think eventually they had to attack you all as well oh yeah i'm always the last one <laughs> They and, and side note, they they had to do that because um, y'all were in their way. No, because we used the Bible. So then, so then the only way then to they saw at that point to get what they wanted was they had to remove those who who stood against them. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and what they wanted was my head. I mean, ultimately. But anyways, that that's a, a different conversation. So how do we identify God's discipline? Uh, if you just mean I, I sinned and God's now um, disciplining me for that overt, clear sin, um, that's a different question. But I think the way I would answer this question, how do we identify God's discipline? I would say it, it probably is most, if not all the time. Yeah. And, and by that, I mean like, hey, Lord, like it, it's just as simple. We don't need to overcomplicate these things. It's just as simple as, all right, Lord, you have you have my attention. Mm-hmm. Um, help me to grow in faith. Yeah, just start saying what? noted. <laughs> well, no, I would encourage you to say this. I've been praying this for a long time, probably since high school, honestly. Lord, um, please help me to learn what I need to learn and not have to learn it the hard way. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd rather learn this by just growing in my knowledge of you rather than learn this through pain. Um, so like, I I don't get those people who are bragging (laughs) about the school of hard knocks, like duck and weave, bro. And you won't get knocked. Learn. I'm I'm just like, Lord, I, I don't, um, if I don't have to learn the hard way, I'd rather not. Yeah. And help me, help me to not help. And, And I think that, um, you know, produces a posture of, uh, teachability and and wanting to grow and you go the hard way. So, anyways, I hope that that answers that question. Yeah. So, my two answers to that are in, in line with that is you talked yesterday about not confusing discipline with damning wrath. Yeah. And yeah, exactly. Inside of that is, I think maybe getting a better understanding of depravity, how thoroughly sin weaves itself into our lives. So that, yeah, it probably is always corrective because there's always more. Yeah. But then really digging into a good understanding of the propitiation. If you understand that God has propitiated his wrath already, you stand 
free from wrath, which you brought up, then that's going to help a ton and push you more into this is the training which you described as shaping of desires and actions. That that makes total sense, and that is going to happen in all of those instances. And it, from the text, as I was prepping our liturgy and stuff for this past week, it really clears it up for me, I think, in verse 10. Uh, it says, For they disciplined us, our earthly fathers, for a short time, blah, 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 blah. But the goal is that he does it for our benefit so that we share his holiness. Mm. And so really yeah. recognizing, hey, we're pushing from sin touches everything into sin touches nothing is mm. a really broad spectrum. <laughs> mm. And holiness is the goal. Yeah. That, that's going to change the way you ask that kind of question. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so I think the the last thing we'll land on this one is the uh, where I landed on the sermon on the idea of pull yourself up by your bootstraps was kind of the sentiment. Mm-hmm. Um, and I hate that there's this dichotomy made between like my work versus Jesus's work mm-hmm. for true believers. Um, and there's, there's just this hard push against, well, we don't want this pull yourself up by your bootstrap mentality. By grace, just wait for Jesus to do it. Well, that's so. The, yes, yes, you you're picking up on my sentiment. It's like what that has translated into is what you just described. It has translated into a bunch of lazy Christians who, you know, unless they feel just right about it, or whether they're praising Jesus mindfully when they do it, or, you know, um, and oh no, you know, you got this legalistic, you know, this uh, boogeyman named legalism right around every corner. What does it mean to keep the Sabbath holy? If you're not saying holy, 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 all mm-hmm. through the Sabbath. That's right. And like it's if if you're a Christian, the reality is it is all his work. Period. Like mm-hmm. it's it's all his righteous work in you. The the so go work. Go do it. Go work hard. And I, I think the people most worried about whether or not it's their work or God's work are probably the ones who are really wanting it to be their work. And and so I think you don't if you're struggling with the my work versus his work, don't don't fight the battle there. Fight the battle of whether or not you want it to be his work and it's content you're content for it to be his work and not yours, mm-hmm. and then go live in freedom. Like, yeah. So, yes, um, make the pathway straight. Yes, don't uh, straighten up your knees, straighten up your legs. Don't, d- don't be weak at the knees. There's no, there's no need to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and go. Um, persevere. Enjoy the discipline of the Lord as, as his love for you, and, um, and grow in faith. Heals the peaceful fruit of righteousness. Man, I, I, yes, I, for me, one of the, I think one of the encouraging things for my own soul this past week was, um, the idea of that, of that peaceful righteousness, like that there's a steadiness and a calmness, uh, the, in the midst of the loving discipline of the Lord. And, and, uh, I'll say this, it's, I don't know if I said this in the sermon or if I just said this to my family, but, uh, regardless if I said it, I'll repeat it here that in the midst of some of your most chaotic moments, a.k.a., you know, where there's pain, if you understand what's being taught in this passage, as I've tried to teach it, those most chaotic moments, ironically, can be some of the sweetest moments Mm -hmm. 
of knowing and trusting and enjoying God's love for you. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean that as just a pacifier to get you through that trial. It's not. It's your joy. I mean, I mean as a genuine, like, God is not just helping you survive. He's making you into the image of your son. Mm-hmm. And so whether that's caused because you built a wall out of square or because your spouse did something really sinful and stupid against you or people are attacking you mm-hmm. or you actually sinned yourself, regardless, the Lord is showing his deep commitment to effectual love mm-hmm. for you. And yeah. by effectual love, what I mean is a love that is bringing about change for your good in your life. Mm -hmm. And my hope, my big hope, I think, yesterday, um, with that sermon and the way I tried to phrase it, is that people would have a bigger uh, palette and maybe more uh, a grander vision so so that they would not miss the times where God is showing his love for you, mm-hmm. because particularly on this side of eternity, mm-hmm. it's largely in these areas. Yeah. It's largely in the midst of pain that you really get to see the love of God um, and his discipline, his loving discipline for you. Um, and so if you don't know how to rightly categorize those moments mm-hmm. as his loving discipline for you, then you'll miss it. And then no wonder we walk around doubting whether or not God loves us. Yeah, you can take that fatherly thing a little bit further even in that kind of picture. And that it's only for a moment that you sit really under your father's actual particularly physical discipline. Mm. And then you get to you know adult age and in a sense you're peers. Yeah. Uh, you're both family men, right? Uh, you still honor him and respect him, but you're no longer under his headship. Uh, in a similar but different way, as we move on into glory, we're no longer just sons we will be made into the image of jesus right mm-hmm. and we won't be disciplined <laughs> yes. anymore yeah right yeah um because we shall be like him holy and like him right and so for this little glimpse of this type of love is unique yeah we only get it now so, that's right yeah it's good well, that's, uh, that was, that's helpful, and thank you for sending in your questions. If you have more, uh, particularly on Sunday, while you're in the pew, go ahead, send them, and, uh, and we'd love to chat through those on Monday. But uh, other than that, we want to continue to keep going. <laughs> so right. know, love, and obey Jesus as Lord over all. We'll see you next week. See you guys.